Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. This is Bump and Stacy on Seattle Sports. Streaming through the Seattle Sports app. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross. Here we go now. The hire of Leslie Frazier reportedly is great. We're very on board with a veteran mind being brought on to the coaching staff, but the Seahawks need to nail their OC hire. And that sounds incredibly obvious, but Bump, we can't stress enough how important it is to have great minds in your room when it comes to your offense. When we were interviewing folks, national folks, Shil Kapadia, Greg Rosenthal, Mina Kimes, whoever, hey, who do you want as head coach? A lot of people said, you know, Mike McDonald. In fact, I think every national expert we had on said Mike McDonald. However, many of them, whether it was Bill Barnwell or Shale, said, you need to think about your offense. Mm -hmm. Like, I get why people are focused on a young offensive coordinator as the next big thing in the head coaching world, because that's where the league's going now. Yeah, and I also think that they looked at the struggles of this team and and go, yeah, you need an OC. Mm -hmm. And maybe you need a defensive guy at the helm. You look at Pete Carroll in the 14 years. He's a defensive guy, and he changed the game over here. Mm-hmm. So I think they looked at the defense and go, all right, man, uh, there's where you struggle the most. Go get yourself a defensive guy. You just so happen to uh, have one of the brightest young minds in the game who um, who uh, just led his team to the AFC Championship, and he's interested. But you're right. Now what? Supposedly, or we're assuming here shortly that the Leslie Frazier deal is going to be signed, yeah. still delivered. That's going to go down. What about your offense? What do you want your offense to be? Or what do you think they can be? You look at where Mike McDonald has been. He's with University of Michigan. And that offense over there. Under center, double tight, play action. You still take your shots, but you're going to rely heavily on the run game. If you think about what Pete Carroll wanted to be over here in Seattle, it's that, right? Mm -hmm. Establish the run, be physical, but you're still going to take your shots. And then you look at... Uh, who he was under over there with the uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Now, this past year, you got Greg Munkin over there. He opens up the game a little bit. So my question is, what did he take from those two situations and say, all right, this is what I want my offense to be? But he also makes it clear that the offense and defense has to reflect who he already has on the on the roster and who he intends to add to that roster. So, yeah, you got to get this right. And that's every situation. I know we're making a big deal out of, you got to get your OC right. Well, every team in the NFL has to get the OC right, right, has to get the DC right. And the reason we're, I, I would, you're right, actually. The reason we're making a big deal out of it is um, because part of the home run hire in Mike McDonald only works if your offense is also thriving. Yeah. Like Mike McDonald is a great, you'd be saying the same thing if the, you know, if it was swapped, look at Sean McVay being hired in LA. We're like, oh, this brilliant offensive guy. No one really thought that at the time necessarily. It was a 30 year old and people were wondering if it would work. But now people see Shanahan, people see McVay uh, as being brilliant offensive minds. Okay. But what about the defense? Those two guys have had brilliant defensive coordinators who have gone on to be head coaches. Mm-hmm. They've had defenses that have been, uh, at some point, number one, more consistently the 49ers, but still number one in points or yards per game. Um, Seattle got the answers it needs with defense. That's what made it feel like a home run hire. What makes Seattle a true contender is that your offense is one of the best in the league. I mean, Bump, you've looked every time we head into the Super Bowl, you look at the stats for the teams that are in the playoffs, for the teams that are represented in the Super Bowl. It is rare to have a team that is not stellar offensively. Yeah. That's just not where the league is. No, it's not. It's a different game. Like let's let's go back to the conference championship games. Now you got Kansas City, 
Typically, you think of Kansas City, you think of that offense. Mm-hmm. But you can still do that because they got Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes will make any offense work in the yes. NFL, but they lean on their defense. But you still look at the Chiefs and say their offense has to get it done. Mm-hmm. You look at the Detroit Lions. What made them go this year? Their offense. That's why Ben Johnson was connected to so many teams in the interview because that offense got going. You look at the San Francisco 49ers. There's more pressure, in my opinion, on Kyle Shanahan than there is Brock Purdy because why? He's one of the greatest offensive minds the game has to offer. You can look defense when we look at the 49ers, but what what enamors you the most? You look at the way that offense is ran, the, the weapons that they have over there. We think offense. The only team out of these four that you can kind of lean on the defense, or you probably should, is the Baltimore Ravens, yeah. right? Because there's there's a, there's a difference in them. They let the, the league in points per game, sacks, and uh, another major category. So the four teams that remain before this past weekend or a couple weekends ago, you look at them, look at them, and you think offense. And the reason why I think people lean towards offense is because of the way the game is called these days. When it comes to officiating and just the way the game is spread out now. It, back in the day, it used to be a compact type of game. I remember watching. Uh, the Steelers play back in the day and the Cowboys back in the day. There was always a tight end. There was always a fullback and you had two receivers on the outside and they were forced to win their one-on-one matches. That's not what the game is for the most part in the NFL. You still got teams that play with a fullback. San Francisco plays with a fullback. Um, Baltimore plays with a fullback. Every team has one, but they do it more consistently. So you just look at the game and the trend because that's what the NFL is. It's a copycat league. If something's working, another team's going to try it. That's why the McVay tree is deep, right? That's why uh, Shanahan's tree is deep, even though his tree is more on the defensive side. You got guys being promoted. Mm -hmm. But um, you look at what's working for other teams and you say, okay, they've been winning. All right, let's try that approach. So, um, yeah, you have to look at this office and say, if they can be better, even if they can just be slightly better than they were last year, this team is going to make the playoffs, in my opinion, because I believe in what Mike McDonald's going to do with his defense. Yep. Now that we got Leslie Frazier that's tied to this team, makes me believe even more. Um, the more we find out about this coaching staff, I think the more we'll know about um, the identity of this football team. Well, and I think that we, royal we, uh, tend to do this thing where we um, – look at versions of your team that has succeeded and think, why don't you replicate that? So I think people look at the Legion of Boom and they look at that defense and they think you can win a Super Bowl. Defense wins championships, right? Like if you make this defense a top unit in the league, you can win. To Bump's point, the league has evolved so much since 2013 that it is worth noting you have to get past some of the best offenses in football, and that's not easy no matter how good your defense is. But secondly, Seattle's offense was great. Seattle's offense, Marshawn Lynch had almost 1,300 yards. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson uh, was great as as a as a you know as a rookie, but also a second and third year player. Like I think that we tend to think of it as the defense carried you. The defense was exceptional and historically great unit, but your offense could also compete with really great teams around the league. Can you say that for either side of the ball in Seattle right now? No, you have some steps to make here, and so that offensive coordinator hire needs to really be carrying his weight. Because McDonald, he could make the defense elite, and that's not going to be enough. And that's why I wonder what direction they go. Do you go young with a offensive coordinator as well, and then you hire an, an older head to kind of mentor that offensive coordinator through the situation? Again, I, I look back at the Leslie Frazier hire, and I go, that is perfect. Uh, he's been a mentor to guys before. He's been a, an assistant head coach before. He's going to help out Mike wherever Mike needs that help. On the offensive side, he goes, all right, what direction do you go? Do you go with an older guy who's more established that um, has 
a, a deep phone book and can reach out to people and, and help you hire? Or do you just go fresh? And I think there's advantages to both situations. With a younger guy who hasn't had this opportunity before, he sees the game differently. I talk to coaches all the time, um, even coaches at high school coaches who have been coaching 20, 25 years. I've been in the game, what, 14 years. And just the way they talk about defenses and offenses, it's just different. Mm. The way they decide to attack a defense or offense, it's just different. And as a, a younger guy in the game, I look at the older coaches, and, I, and I'm always pulling from them like, okay, I like that because – I didn't. I don't see the game that way. They see the game differently. They got way, uh, way more reps when it comes to coaching and being in the game. So you got to take that. But there's something special about a young guy who is willing to roll the dice a few times. Who's gonna get? I remember the first time I saw a quad formation, four receivers to one side of the defense. I go, what the heck is going on? <laughs> I've never seen that before. What are we doing there? Right? And it was a. It was from a younger coordinator. He's trying some things. So uh, there's. There's always comfort and stability and knowing what to expect when it comes from a coach or to a coach. But there's also something exciting about, all right, what what new can he bring to this game? What wrinkles can he bring to this offense? Uh, have we heard any updates uh, for the OC about the Ryan Grubb thing? Or was that just a report that came out heavily linked to Seattle? But but um, Yeah, nothing official name? on that. I know uh, what Tanner Engstrand, the yes. Lions passing coordinator, was also a candidate. And then we heard that the Giants blocked an OC um, move, Kafka, a, yeah. a lateral move for Mike Kafka. So let's, let's, um, let's talk about Grubb. Again, nothing's confirmed, but he's been most commonly linked to Seattle. He fills the requirement of like be innovative, uh, you know what I mean? Like be kind of, you know, willing to think outside the box, obviously succeeded at the collegiate level. Also a huge risk. Yeah, it is. He's never done it. No. He's never done it. But at some point, every coach in this league has never done it. At some point, somebody looks at them and goes, all right, let's take a chance. You know who's never been a head coach before? Mike McDonald. Never been a head coach, but he did enough with Michigan and enough with Baltimore and vied with Schneider on on a good level to where he goes, you know what, let's give him a chance. And um, again, every coach has been there. So how many chances are you going to take is what it comes down to. But uh, I think the only way you can go wrong with an OC hire, in my opinion, is if they want to make Geno something he's not, Mm -hmm. if he want to make DK something he's not, if he wants to use Ken Walker in ways that he's not comfortable. A good leader is going to look at their personnel and say, this is what they do best, I'm going to set them up. That's the the only thing I I want to see. I don't care if the guy is old, if he's young, first time, fourth time. I don't care. Do you understand what this roster is right now? And how are you going to make it better within using these players' attributes? That's what great coaches do. And I think that's what Mike McDonald has done. So naturally, McDonald's going to find a guy that has the same philosophies and beliefs, right? He's going to find a guy, and he mentioned, who has integrity, who's uh, who's going to work hard, and who understands his players and connects with his players. That's why I think it was um, important that he came out there and said that from jump. Like, look, mm-hmm. i got to connect with my players. Everyone has to connect with the players because it's all about the players. If you don't have players, you ain't got nothing. I can throw out – I can get 53 guys to show up on a on a Sunday and sure. play some ball. Sure. Can they ball, though? <laughs> can, can I get them to do what I want them to do? So, okay, moving this forward a little bit, we've only got about three more minutes left here. But if you're looking at the guys on just offense, do they lend themselves to potentially a first-year offensive coordinator finding success? Like, can they ball? I think, Do you have the right mix? Can they help you? I think because you have a veteran quarterback, your chances are higher. If you had, even if it were, say, a Drew Locke, a guy who had his opportunities with Denver, didn't work, work out there. Obviously, he was going through some stuff with all the offensive coordinator changes mm-hmm. and all that. Mm-hmm. But even if you had even a Drew Locke, 
he hasn't played here for a while. He hasn't played football, real football. Now, he played a couple games this year, but hasn't been the guy in a few years. I think Gino is the reason why if you are to bring somebody young here who is unproven, not even necessarily young because Grubbs was in his 40s. He's young in life, but, you know, in football years. Um, even if if you you whoever you bring here is going to be supported by Gino, veteran, going to be supported by Tyler Lockett, veteran, supported by DK Metcalf, veteran. Mm-hmm. So because – the guys that you expect to make plays are guys who have done it before at a high level, some pro bowlers out there. I think, um, yeah, it does set up a situation where I feel like a guy can come here and, and be creative. It all starts with Geno, though. We all know the quarterback yeah. is everything. All right, let's get to four down territory. This, this is four down territory. Going inside, inside the, the game. game. What former Seahawks and Coog wide receiver Michael Bumpus. First down. I can't believe it's is. I was just thinking about the draft the other day, like trying to book a vacation, thinking that was around the corner. So, too, is the NFL Combine coming up soon. So let's talk college football. Who stood out to you during a week of Senior Bowl practices and games? Uh, well, let me say I'm glad that the Senior Bowl now allows juniors who declare for the draft to get out there and compete, mm-hmm. right? If you're not going back to school next year, go ahead and get with the best. But guys who stood out. Now, this guy decided not to play in the game. I'm not mad at that decision. But Michael Penix has been um, – uh, he's been people are talking really highly about this dude, man. And uh, I forgot who it was. No, it was the Jets defensive coordinator broke down who Michael Penix is. He goes, look, the main thing we want to see or one of the things is that can they take direction through the helmet? Right. Because now you're able to communicate with these guys. This is the play, yada, yada. And he says every single day he got more comfortable and comfortable when it comes to receiving that information, getting in the huddle, giving the guys all set up and go out and playing. Also, he was making some throws, man. Just get on Twitter, get on X, and just watch Michael Penix make those throws. So we're hearing good things about him. My man, Goku Smith-Wade. I'm so glad he balled out, man. Two interceptions, on one almost four touchdown. He is a perfect example of what this game can do. He made himself, Stacy, at least $300,000 more with that performance he did at the Senior Bowl. This one is a, is a tricky one, man. Spencer Rattler. If you guys have watched the Netflix series QB1 a few years back, he was not a great leader. He was a kid that I would not want to be around. I wouldn't want my kids around. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was something about him. But over the years, you mature. And I I watched him play. He got the MVP of the Senior Bowl. I listened to the way he's handling the media. And I'm thinking, okay, that's why you don't pigeonhole dudes. That's why you don't say, oh, he's a freshman. He's making all these mistakes. That's who he is. There's a process that happens. So I'm hoping what I saw out of Spencer Rattler was real when it comes to his maturation, handling his teammates in the media, because we all know he can play. This dude was my favorite to watch, man. McConkey, the receiver out of Georgia. Goodness gracious. I love me some route running. I'm telling you, the route running was special. Special, man. He's attacking leverage, got hips turning. I I watch his clips every single day of the week to watch him mix up guys one-on-one during the practice. And, of course, I got to show some love to my receivers. But uh, McConkey, whoever gets this young man, man, you got a diamond in the rough. I don't even know if he's in the rough. He's, like, slightly above the rough. You can see him, but you you don't really appreciate it. Maybe. How would you feel if the Seahawks did take a wide receiver? Um, I'm not talking 16. I'm talking in the draft. Take a wide receiver. Um, I think they're going to either way. They always take a receiver late because um, they could. That could be a guy who can contribute on special teams. And then obviously Tyler Lock is getting up there in age. Um, You got to support him. But I wouldn't be surprised if they do it. And then the last one, uh, Jackson Powers Johnson out of Oregon, the center out of Oregon. Man, he uh, hands are inside. Great base and balance. Winning his one on ones. He dominated. The reason why I love the Senior Bowl is to see guys like this shine against the best because uh, you can come from a conference with no All-Americans, nobody being drafted, but you're a special talent. Then you get around all these big dogs and you 
shine. You make yourself some money. Had a great time watching these young men. Second down. How does the presence of Leslie Frazier help the Seahawks? This is an OG in the game, man. I don't think people, I guess you can look at him and, and realize he's an OG in the game, but this is where he helps. He's been a head coach before, head coach with Minnesota. He's been a defensive coordinator with Minnesota, Tampa, and the Bills. He's been in the role that he's in right now, assistant head coach or associate, whatever you want to call it. He did that for Brad Childress over there with the Minnesota Vikings from 2008 to 10. Bevel was the coordinator over there. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts back in 2006, he was over there with Dungy. And then from 2020 to 2022, same thing with McDermott, man. He's done this before. He's watched, um, he's followed the, the older head in Tony Dungy. He's helped the younger guy in McDermott who was around 41 when he got his job. And then the middle age with, uh, with Brad Childress. Also, you talk about uh, Leslie Frazier defense, the Bills defense, right? They've been top five overall four times when it comes to total yards. In 22, they were fourth. 21, they were first. 29, they were second. 2018, they were third. They were top five in points allowed three times. 22 second, 21 first, 2019 second. Um, they were top five against the run one time. That's the one thing about his defense. So I say, all right, what are you going to do to fix the run? Because uh, that hasn't been a strong point. I just throw out his resume to say Mike McDonald's going to be well supported. And he's been around the block. He understands what success look, looks like, what failure looks like. And will be able to mentor this young man. And also I'm thinking Mike McDonald said, look, I want to do this for two years. Call the plays, be the defense court, mm-hmm. defensive coordinator. Eventually, I want to hand it off. It's Leslie Frazier at a place in his career where he says, look, all right, head coach, not my thing. They're always overlooking a player. I don't know why you're overlooking <laughs> Leslie Frazier the way the league has. And he can be like, look, all right, I'm going to hold it down here, be the defensive coordinator, support this young talent. He could be at a point in his life where that just feels right to him. I am so curious to see the Seahawks defense this year. It's a conversation you and I are going to have all offseason, but like, it's funny to, for it to be from a coaching angle, having Leslie Frazier and Mike McDonald instead of like, oh, they got Jamal. While Adam's healthy, what are they going to look like? Now it's like a completely different side to it. Yeah. But we're equally as excited. Third down. Who's an NFL couple that needs more attention? Travis Kelsey and Swifty have been getting all the love, I'm so, right? I can't I, wait for this one. I wrote this, and of course I thought of you. I go, this Thank is you. this is so Stacy right you. here. Uh, we got to look at Kyle and Kristen Juszczyk. You see what Kristen's been doing? Yeah. She just got a deal allowing her to use NFL logos. What she's doing is creating these these puffy jackets. Um, Taylor Swift bought one. Uh, Mrs. Mahomes, Mahomes bought one as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, give them more love. I understand the Swifties and all that, and and, and they deserve the love. Uh, uh, Taylor Swift won what album of the year last night, and you got Travis Kelsey is doing his thing. But let's look on the other side, too, and show Kristen you shake some love. Man, I looked at her products. And if I, were, if I were a puffy jacket type of guy, I'd definitely rock it. If I were a jersey type of guy, because I don't wear nobody's jerseys but Kobe, um, I'd definitely rock it. But, um, yeah, big ups to Kristen Yushek. She's doing her thing, man. I'm uh, I'm almost like I'm, a, I'm a, like a proud uncle. Like, you go ahead, Kristen. I know Taylor's getting all the love, but you get some, too. She had, I'm trying to click on it. Uh, she did do a vest, I think it's for Debo. Uh, but she's had some menswear in there that she's done, too. And it's really cool. And I know some people are like... You know, I don't know. People are always going to want to hate on anyone. But I think she makes really cool stuff. Someone says she makes way more than Puffies. Well, Puffies put her on the map, at least in the NFL. The Puffies are what's unique and different. Yeah. Like, it's she does make more than that. Like, she will, like, repurpose a jersey into an entirely new, like, top with sleeves or do whatever. Right. But the, the Puffy coats are, like, what people are paying attention mm-hmm. to. Fourth down. 
Ben Johnson was rumored to have some strong thoughts on the commander's ownership. This was really interesting to me. What were those thoughts and what was your reaction? This is such a high school situation to me right now because you got the commander saying one thing, Ben Johnson saying another thing, and they both might be right, but here's the situation. Ben Johnson said like the commanders felt like a bunch of basketball guys who were too confident in their abilities. Um, I think he expected to walk in there, walk in there, and, and have them be like, "Ben Johnson, save our our organizations. You are the guy." But that's not the case. Then I looked at some of the guys who are on the ownership uh, ownership group. You got Josh Harris. All right, he's a part of a managing group. He manages the 76ers and the New Jersey Devils. Right, uh, the Commanders. Obviously, he was a wrestler in college. You look at Mitch Rails. He collects art apparently and is an investor. You look at Magic, Magic Johnson. You all know him, but he's helped win titles with the Dodgers and in the WNBA. You got David Blitzer, who's the co-manager of the 76ers and the Devils. I say that to say he ain't wrong. These are basketball guys. I just looked at the top four, right? There's about 10 guys in that ownership group, but the guys that he met with, I guarantee you were those guys, and they are basketball guys. Now, here's the rumor on the other side. The rumor has it that Ben don't interview well. Rumor has this it that he's not, he's not aggressive enough. All right, And also, this is so bad. It reminds me when I was in sixth grade. I did this, all right? And it was, it was jacked up, and I apologize for doing this. I haven't heard all right? that. He told the commanders he was not interested via text. Didn't call him, didn't meet with him face-to-face. He texted and said, you know what? I ain't doing this. You know what I did when I was in middle school? I broke up with my girl in middle school. I sent the homie over there to do it. No! Coward! You coward! Sixth grade Michael Bumpus, coward. Oh, no! That's also, what he did. He broke up via text, man. Uh, ben Ben Johnson is how old is Ben Johnson? Thirty-seven. Thirty-seven. Yep. Yeah, sir, you are too old to now. Thirty-seven is young, but like, if someone is twenty, Brady, how old are you? I'm twenty-six. If someone was twenty-three, like Brady, <laughs> and he uh, broke up with someone via text or texted. And uh, and said something like there's just certain it's not OK, but there's thir- certain things that have become norms for young people mm-hmm. where I'm like, ah, everyone. Texts too old that. For that. You're too old for that. Yeah. You're too old for that. Like, I don't care how old you ben are. Johnson, you are old enough to have like had a primary communication via AOL.com. The fact that you are being considered to be the head of a football team lets you know whatever decision you make. Whether you accept or deny, you look those people in the eye or at least get on the phone with them and have a conversation. That's what disappointed me the most. I go, dang, via text, though? Dang. I was broken up uh, once in middle school uh, by uh, first and last name. I'll say Michael Chow. (laughs) Shame on you, Michael Chow. Uh, He (laughs) gave a note breaking up with Uh, me to my friend, Nicole, who then gave me the note. Would you rather the homie go over there like I did and break up with you or the note? Oh, the the note. Yeah, the, uh, getting your friend to. So the go other over Michael there. is worse. That was bad. Well, then there was that also that one time, Stacy, you were going to go on a date with a guy, and he was like, I "Okay, we don't I need got, to talk about I that." I got to go to Nebraska <laughs> for a variety of reasons. I still, oh man, I still laugh when I think about that. Like I have my friends will still make fun of me to this day, and I was probably twenty three, maybe when that happened. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was trying to get out of a date and. Yeah, I I have to do, go to Nebraska. I'm so I'm so sorry. I uh, I, I have Nebraska. to Nebraska. They yeah. ask him why. Yeah, why for a variety of reasons. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so sad. Curtis, have you ever broken up with anyone via text? No. no email. No, God no. Sticky note uh, like no. Carrie Bradshaw. No, 
Oh yeah, I broke it up with that, a a Menchie's frozen yogurt one time. Oh so, no, do you see I've Menchie's never, uh, being? Yeah, I've never frequented a Menchie's ever since. Oh, no. Yeah. Do you no. guys ever associate anything with a breakup where you're like, I can never look at that the same way, like a TV uh, show, a movie, a place? Some songs. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, some songs. No. When Bump was down bad, <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. down bad. I wanna know, I wanna know what makes Casey sense. and JoJo uh, man it got me. I wanna know, uh, <laughs> Eli Manning rapper. That's coming up next. This is The Timeline with Bump and Stacy. Brought to you by 1-800-DUIOA. Um, Michael, is there something you'd like yeah. to say? Yeah. Um, with this being Black History Month and everything. Exactly. I dang near lost my black card. Mm-hmm. I want to know. As the text lines reminded me. Mm-hmm. It's not by Casey and JoJo. It's by Joe. But in my head, I thought Look, Case, I, which equals KC, no. but both are wrong. It was Joe. This is an Crazy. excuse bump. This is an it excuse. Is, I'm just letting you know my thought process. I hear, I hear you. I you know, hear you. And how, I respect what I was it. Thinking. I hear it. And I, I'm, I'm taking it in. However, I would just like to say this. At this point, I think we're both trying to get invited. To oh, no, no, no. See, I got, no, see, I got, I got, I got, I got way more money bro. in the bank. I got way more money in the bank when it comes to the, the cookout. Bump's making fun of me still being in the car. Right now, I'm parked <laughs> in the car outside the cookout, and I keep like, hey, and then it's like, you can stay there for right now, but, you know. Hey, get roll a your bit window closer. down, yeah. I yeah. just need one person from the delegation to make it okay. That, that I'm okay, that I made a mistake. I'm seeing the so rest okay. of the show as being almost like uh, an audition for The Voice. You know what I mean? <laughs> where, oh, where man. Like, no, I, I appreciate uh, y'all holding me accountable, though, here's man. Here's the deal. I did not correct you at all. Uh, I just continued to sing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We recognize the, the chorus. You know, that, that's why that's y'all not at the cookout. But there's no well, excuse for I me not saying, to be at the cookout. Even me? Curtis... There's no. one thing a black dude always has. No. Is the white homie. All right. Wow. <laughs> Stacey, as as wow. the as the white woman, like, I gotta talk to Auntie. Wow. I gotta talk to mom. Like, listen, her name is Stacy. Okay, she's cool. She uh she likes our music. First up in the timeline. <laughs> likes our music. <laughs> Eli Manning. Rapper? Yeah, a Bars. YouTuber Super Hot Fire dueled in a rap battle during this weekend's Pro Bowl games. Take a listen. I'm Eli Manning. I'm nice. Tom Brady's the GOAT. Sight. I beat him twice. I honestly died the most. He's hot. Hey. <laughs> I mean. Cook. He is the only person that can say that about beating Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Truly. Like that is that should get him in the Hall of Fame. Just wow, I mean, regardless, you Nick beat Foles. him twice. Yeah, beat him twice. Mm-hmm. Beat him twice. Nick Foles beat him twice Super Bowl. Beat him once. Once. Okay, I almost well, we played there. him once. That's almost when there. you don't need rhythm, you don't need flow, <laughs> you don't need swag, you don't need anything. Just facts. All he just I'm Eli just Manning. Facts. <laughs> I'm nice, and they're like, okay, okay, right, okay. okay. That, that what, else? Okay, what else? What else? Brady's the goat. Psych, I beat him twice. Oh. 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 We forgot. <laughs> <laughs> On a recent episode of Pardon My Take, ESPN's Booker McFarland said something I know many of you are going to absolutely relate to. He shared that he refuses to learn anyone's birthday outside of his family. The only person's birthday you should know 
uh, family members, kids, and your wife. Like anybody else, like if, if you if you know your best friend's birthday or your homeboy's birthday, to me that's a little weird because even though we're best friends, like we're not going to exchange gifts. I'm not going to call you right. and be like, hey, bro, happy birthday. Right. Let's go hang out. I know my Agreed? best friend's birthday. <laughs> okay. January 18th. Mine's is March 8th. I'll shoot him a text and be like, yeah. Happy birthday, but then I always end it with an insult. You know, that's of, just how guys course. do. Of course. Of course, I know my best friend's birthday. I was wondering how you guys felt about this because uh, I don't know if it's uh, something that, uh, that you know, like maybe guys are just like, yeah, I don't really. Because for me, like for, for my girlfriends, like I'll write whole cards. Like I'll write birthday cards. I'm oh, so I've grateful to have known to you a, for 15 years. Friend, no. You've grown so much so, as a person. So deep. <laughs> I've never done that to a guy friend. Dude's like, happy birthday. Stop being a... (laughs) (laughs) But you guys know your friend's birthdays. I know my best friend's birthday. Okay, if I told you, think of three friends, when are their birthdays? And you have to say their names. I got three. Okay, who are they? Yeah. Because if they're listening, they need to text in and tell me if this is right. You got Elma Rodriguez. Okay. January 18th. Okay. And his social? (laughs) <laughs> Last four digits of his credit and card. And his mother's maiden name? You got, you got Finest Rab, August 2nd. Okay. And then you have Earl Jerome Powell, December 5th. Uh, December 5th sorry. How 5th. about this? Curtis, when's Bump's birthday? December 13th. Okay. When's Curtis's birthday? April? Yes. Yeah. I don't know the day, though. It's uh, not April. Nothing. Yours is in March. Mine is... <laughs> Mine's May 31st. Wrong M. Wrong M. Where's the cookout? No, I'm so upset. Oh, man. Maybe Booger's alone, but uh, it seems like most of the text line is saying that they know their friends' birthdays. What's going on? Maybe some people, maybe it's- Like yours is in May. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I I, I don't know. I mean, maybe, uh, you know, maybe some people just don't know birthdays, but- I don't know. I almost forgot today is my sister's birthday. Really? I, Dang, that's different. It is. That's well, I love my sister dearly. She's like my best friend, but I texted her wanting to meet up for dinner. And <laughs> then I was like, oh, and it's her birthday. Oh. Of course. Edit dinner birthday. Meet up for dinner birthday. Birthday dinner. Yes. Yeah. Derek and I are taking her and Dennis. And in my mind, I'm framing it as like, <laughs> oh, it was, see, it's a birthday thing. See? see? I already out. knew that. I totally knew that. Next up, Count Dan Patrick among those advocating for a Super Bowl Saturday over Sunday. If we have two weeks in between conference title games and the Super Bowl, how about we play the Super Bowl on the Saturday instead of the Sunday two weeks after the AFC-NFC title games? Who's with me? Everybody. Yes. Yes. Wouldn't it be great that you have all of this time so both teams get plenty of rest, Saturday is the Super Bowl. Sunday, you get to recover. I am so pro this. Yes. And I know Sunday is like this this holy day in that it is always a football day. Uh, however, uh, I, I'm okay with that changing just for the Super Bowl. Yeah. I, want, I was just talking to one of my friends who I know the birthday. Do you? Yes. Uh, find his rab. He's one of those okay, guys. Okay. Um, I was talking to him on the way here uh, because I knew we were going to talk about this. I go... I need to be able to have a few cocktails on Saturday. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, I'm getting old. I don't I don't get too turned up. But I like to look at, you know, the 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 part where you're a little tipsy. You know what I mean? And I can't do that on a Sunday. So I got to show up 
and go to work. Like, allow us to give real, true analysis, right? You watch the game, and you don't have to worry about reporting on a Sunday. You gather all your thoughts, you write your notes, and then you wake up and get your sober thoughts and notes together and go, bam, with those powers combined, yeah. perfect analysis. And I understand the feeling of like, oh, you want to show up on Monday and you want to talk about it with your friends. However, I would much rather have the day after to have leftovers mm-hmm. and just kind of like mentally, emotionally, physically recover. Exactly. We're all pro Saturday Super Bowl here, sure. I think. Brady, do you disagree? No, I'm with it. Okay. I'm just making sure. <laughs> I was making sure it was a unanimous kind of kind of thing here. Uh, all right, last one here. Lumen Field will officially host six 2026 World Cup matches, including a Team USA group stage match. Meanwhile, MetLife Stadium in New Jersey was announced as the site of the 2026 World Cup final. Hey, we got a World Cup going hey. out here. Hey. Now we just sound like um, a New Yorker, a stereotypical Italian New Yorker. Yeah. It should have. It should have been in Miami. It should have been in Miami. That's facts. Um, but I understand why you go East Coast, up New Jersey, New York area. That's I mean stadium size yeah. too. I think. Um, yeah. But all I need to know is, can a family of five make it to a World Cup game? Because that one thing is going to be expensive. And I know every one of my family wants to go to one of those games. And um, if anyone has a hookup, holla at your boy. I need a discount. Give me a coupon. Uh, someone has a theory as to why Booger McFarlane refuses to acknowledge friends' birthdays, so he's never on the hook for presents. Who do you give your best friend a present for uh, his birthday, Curtis? I do not. I don't give. I, he gets a text and an insult. I give my friends presents. Yeah, but you're uh, on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're playing with a different set of rules. Uh, Jason Churchill joining us at noon. We're going to get back to Mariners. I can't wait for the conversation we're having next, though. Don't go anywhere. Bumpin' Stacy. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. On Seattle Sports. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross. A joke earlier in the show led to what's maybe one of the dumber segment ideas we've had, but I'm convinced that it will become your guys' favorite <laughs> of the day. I'm telling you right now, there's going to be one person that texts into the Mac and Jack's text line and says, why are we talking about this? There will be 50 people that text in immediately with an answer. Yep. So this is how it's going to work. Earlier, we were talking about Jay Harbaugh becoming special teams coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks, according to Albert Breer, rather than joining his father's staff with the Chargers. Then we were making a joke about Nepo babies. A conversation about Nepo babies right now. Nepo babies who are better than their athlete or coach parents. Mm. 866-979-3776. Bump. Um, The first one, I don't know if I'm stealing this from you, but we kind of brainstorm, right? Yeah, no, you're Um, I'm looking at Steph Curry. Right, Dale Curry was a shooter. Dale Curry was a marksman. Got a shot off quick. Boom! I remember the gray patch in his in his in his hair. Um, like Dale Curry was known to be a shooter. His son Steph Curry is like revolutionized the game. Truly. Like this, this is a this is a different deal, man. Pulling up from the logo, more three point shots have been up the last five years than in the history of the NBA. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's true or not, but it feels like it. I nodded. I believe it and with my soul. I'm just Steph Curry has changed the game. As a dad, you always hope for your kids to be better than you. You think Dale's like man, not that much better though? I'm like dang, like. <laughs> You're changing the game. Well, how would you feel if if Michael or Kobe ended up being like uh, a like a star wide receiver? Oh, You'd feel receiver. so proud. Oh, you would so be proud. overcome with so pride. So proud. Yeah. You know that was that was a joke, but I'm sure Del Curry is. Um, it is funny. You know who who might be bitter is Seth Curry though. Okay. He's had a respectable career, but 
not as good as dad, not as good as his brother. It's kind of like being Chloe to Kim. You know what I mean? Like it's it's (laughs) it is tough. It is tough. Or Eli to Peyton, despite still having two rings as well. Right. Um, Speaking of Curtis, you mentioned the Mannings. Nepo babies better than their parents. Yeah, Archie had a great career with the Saints, but didn't come close to winning a Super Bowl with them. Peyton won two. Eli won two. Peyton, at the time of his retirement, held like every passing record. Uh, I think Peyton Manning's already in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, yeah, Eli and, and Peyton definitely surpassing Archie. Okay. From the Mac and Jack's text line, ah, oh, Junior. Ken Griffey Jr. Mm-hmm. Yeah. over Griffey yeah, Sr. Yeah, Controver- yeah. Not controversial, but like no hurt feelings intended. Sr. still obviously had a great career. And they had a great moment, too. They did. Back-to-back It's never going to be done again. Yeah. Like, it just will never be done, even if guys are playing in the same game, father-son. You then have to get the back-to-back home runs. Like, we will never see that. Um, I threw in Christian McCaffrey mm-hmm. and Patrick Mahomes, both playing this weekend. Now, uh, Patrick Mahomes, his father was uh, a baseball player, but yep. still a better career overall than their parents. You know what's wild about McCaffrey – is that his dad, Ed McCaffrey, won two Super Bowls with Mike Shanahan as his head coach. Christian McCaffrey could win a Super Bowl with Kyle Shanahan as his head coach. Kyle Shanahan, I am not counting as more successful than his father as a coach, but I am saying Kyle Shanahan, comma, successful Nepo baby. Yeah. Yes. Super successful. Yeah. So not quite the same category, but I'll include him in. Yeah. You know, there's a Nepo baby high school. Sierra Canyon High School in California has uh, LeBron's son played on his other son plays on that team. D. Wade's son plays on that team. Uh, they played a team where Matt Barnes' sons played on the team. And uh, Kenyon Martin's son plays on the team. Um, uh Sierra Canyon High School and Crespi High School, full of Nepo hoopers. I know they're not better, yeah. maybe not yet, but they're they're on their way. Um, Tyson and Gig Harbor, DK Metcalf. His father was an yep. offensive lineman for I think the Bears. Yep. But now we're just disrespecting people's fathers left and right. <laughs> <laughs> this is what they wanted, though. No, here's what we're doing: we're self-correcting because earlier in the show. We're making a joke about Bill Belichick and Jay Harbaugh, like, oh, do you have these jobs because mm-hmm. of your dad? You know, and then, you know, we, we was all in good fun. These guys are still successful, but there are many examples of guys who have outshone their parents. Yeah. Despite whatever advantage they have, they still had to do it themselves, and they even surpassed that. One guy pointed out he hasn't surpassed his father is uh, Vladi, Vladi Jr. Um, uh, Curtis pointed out his dad was a, a monster. I've never seen a guy... Well, I'm sure I've seen him before, but not of his stature, who played baseball without batting gloves. It was crazy. Mm. Played for the Expos. Remember that team back in the day, the Expos? Um, that Now, now Vladdy Jr. has a long way to go, but there's uh, there's still a connection there. Didn't Tom Brady get drafted by the Expos? He was, he the, was last the last player. He was the last Expo yeah. active in professional sports. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Stacy, a, a better radio career than her father, Dave Ross. <laughs> <laughs> I love uh, Dave Ross has been doing right radio before Bumpers Born. Yeah. my radio, uh, yeah. radio career. Uh, that would be the opposite. Also, I love that we're leaning into the fake Nepo baby relationship between me and Dave Ross. And someone's going to text in to Dave to Seattle's Morning News and be like, hey, Dave, I just want to say about your daughter. Glad, <laughs> she's, she's really doing great. great. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to be like, Stacy's not my kid. I like uh, the three six zero. Tiger Woods' son's gonna be legit. Charlie Ooh, Woods. See, that is a bold take, Nepo baby prediction. Because what mm-hmm. if he's not? I would hate to be. He will not be as good as Tiger Woods. I would love the um, opportunities and 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 comfort and all that that comes with having a wildly successful parent. 
That is an insane amount of pressure. It is. Like Michael Jordan's son. He had a son that I, I think played like D2 basketball and was a good ball player. But it's like your dad is the GOAT, is the greatest the of Larsa all time. Right now? One no, of them is with no, Larsa. Yeah. Not, not that yeah. one. That one wasn't the he Marcus. Marcus. Right? Yeah. I like Marcus. But I also watch a lot of reality TV, so I've been exposed to Marcus. <laughs> That's an interesting situation. <clears throat> Let me tell you what. For anyone who interesting doesn't know, is a, a Scottie Pippen, Scotty Pippen's <laughs> ex-wife is with Michael Jordan's son. Who they probably went on vacations together when he was just a kid with floaties in the swimming pool. And she was sizing him up. Just, I just Goodness moving gracious. on. Uh, Brett and Aaron Boone. Yeah, their dad, uh, Bob Boone. Now, this is controversial. Uh, Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker. Better than Darth Vader. Better than Darth Vader. <laughs> Would we say? Would we say? Like a maybe a better person? I but mean, I don't know enough about Star Wars to even have this a... Is why I think we Darth Vader is a more memorable villain than Luke Skywalker is, is, is as a hero. Wow. Yeah. Okay, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're, that's that's not incorrect at all. Uh, I, Matt's going to be so upset we talked about this. How about Sabonis, though? There you Sabonis. go. DeMontis? Yeah. Yeah. Better than his dad? His dad was so good. His dad was one of the first Europeans to really get it in in the NBA. Uh, someone said, isn't a Nepo baby someone that got to where they are because of their parents, but they might not be qualified or good enough for that spot? I think people use it now to just mean someone who is the son of someone or daughter of someone mm-hmm. who is wildly successful in that career. So the implication is, and sometimes not wrong, that that person had all these opportunities because of their parent. But another fun twist is the one we're doing now, which is sometimes there are people whose parents were athletes or coaches and well-known, but then they took off and took it to the next level. Yep, yep. And there are so many examples of that. All right, we were just having some fun with this one, but we're getting back to the Mariners. Jason Churchill joining us next. Don't go anywhere.